This is an ABC podcast. We can end the climate wars. Rugged up up top, tiny little booty shorts. Oh, I sold a kidney to buy that jacket. I was riding a lot of fences. Across the country, Labor's been dominating state elections in recent years. Now New South Wales is the only mainland state with a Liberal national government. So after 12 years of coalition dominance, can Dominic Perrottet pull off a win this weekend or will Chris Minns become the new Premier of New South Wales? G'day, it's Dave Marchese with you for Hack. We're getting right into the New South Wales election in a minute. You're going to hear from both sides. And later, we know mates love to take the piss in big birthday speeches, like at your 18th, your 21st. But what happens when they go too far, your best mate, and you feel like you're being cancelled in front of all your loved ones? A very personal story from a familiar voice coming up. First though, hack. Today is a truly historic day. Recognising Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the Constitution will be a simple but powerful act. On Triple J. Yeah, something really big happened today on the road to the Voice to Parliament referendum later this year. The Prime Minister announced what the proposed question you're going to be asked at this year's referendum will be. It was an emotional time for many, as you just heard during that announcement. We'll find out a bit more now. Our political reporter, Shalila Madora, is with us. Hey, Shalila. Hello, Dave. What exactly was announced today? Yeah, so like you said, it's a really historic moment and it's been decades in the making for people who've been working in this space. What was announced today is essentially the exact question that we, the public, will get to vote on when the referendum comes up between October and December. It was workshopped by a group who, from all across the country, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander representatives from all across the country called the Referendum Working Group, they handed the question to the Prime Minister yesterday, said, here it is, it's finalised, and the Prime Minister announced it today. Here's what he had to say. It will read, a proposed law to alter the Constitution to recognise the First Peoples of Australia by establishing an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. Do you approve this, uh, this proposed alteration? That's the question. This form of words is legally sound and it is a form of words that all of us have confidence will gain the strongest possible support from the people of Australia at the referendum. Yeah, so he's announced the wording so we know what we're going to get asked, but we also know a few other details about the voice that's really, really important to highlight here. The biggest one for our audience is that there's going to be designated room on the voice committee itself for young people. So the committee is going to be made up of culturally representative people, people from all across different nations in Australia. It's going to be gender diverse and it's definitely going to have young people. The other really important thing about the voice, it's been a really big question is what happens if, say, for example, the voice disagrees with some legislation that the government of the day puts forward? We found out today that the, the voice will definitely not have veto power, which means it won't be able to stop legislation it doesn't like. Right. So there's quite a bit we found out, actually. What happens next, Shalila? Yeah, so what happens next is the words itself, the question that we know we're going to get asked, is going to go to Parliament next week. It needs to be voted on. So there is a chance that it could be amended. But the Prime Minister says, look, it's pretty unlikely that's going to happen because it was put forward by this really representative group. We know that the independents, quite a number of independents like Monique Ryan and the Greens have given in principle support to the wording. And so the government is likely to have 
the numbers to get it through. On the flip side, though, the Nats last year came out and said, not so keen on this voice idea. And today they announced that even though they've got the wording, their position hasn't changed. So the last kind of question mark here is what the Liberal Party is going to do. They haven't announced it today. They're going to wait to see the detail and then discuss it as a party. But if the government has the Greens and the independents, doesn't really need the, the Liberals or the Nats. Interesting. Well, big day, as you said. Thanks so much for keeping us across it. Shalala Madora in Parliament House. Appreciate you breaking it down. You're very welcome. Hack. I think we'd probably be better friends if I wasn't trying to get him sacked. It's slightly awkward that we want to end each other's careers. <laughs> On Triple J. Yeah. That time again, a state election. Australia's most popular state. New South Wales heading to the polls this weekend. And more than ever, this is a huge election for young and first-time voters. And you know what? We've actually started to see politicians recognise that. Like, I've noticed it more in this state election, finally addressing young voters directly on platforms that they use, whether it's cringe or not. In a bit, we're going to hear from both the Libs and Labor. But first, here's Angel Parsons with this little update. Hey, New South Wales, are you ready to hit the polls? Do you recognise either of these men? No. Do you know who either of these men are? Um, the one on the left looks oddly familiar, but I couldn't tell you his name. He's on the Liberal label. That's Dominic Perrottet. The other guy? Chris Mins. So whether you know your Perrottet from your Mins or not, what's really on people's minds as they go to vote? G'day, my name's Leah White. I'm a reporter for the local ABC North Coast. Can I get your name? Hi, I'm Marianne Bailey. What is the biggest issue for you heading into that election? Well, obviously coming from Lismore, I have a sort of take on the management of the floods and all the natural disasters here. But outside of that, I'm very concerned about gambling. What is the big issue for you as we head into this state election? Definitely um, environmental issues for us and then housing. Housing affordability is going to be a massive issue for younger people in our generation. It'd probably be housing. I'd like a bit more independence, but I can't move out. Uh, the biggest issue would be housing affordability. And I, th- I think another series of things that have been brought to light through places like Friendly Geordies and things like that are a lot of the corruption scandal. Climate action. Probably mental health. Environmental issues. So what each party plans to do about these issues facing young people is super important this election. That's because under 40s are now in the majority, making up 51% of the state's population. So the youth vote will be an influential one. In every territory and nearly every state, Labor is in power. So the New South Wales election is largely a contest between Labor and the Coalition, which is the combined forces of the National and Liberal parties. But the Greens and some Independents, including some Teals, are in the running too. There's been four Premiers since the Coalition came into power in 2011. Barry O'Farrell, Mike Baird, Gladys Berejiklian and now Dominic Perrottet who will be trying to keep his government in for a record fourth term. Labor leader Chris Minns is trying to stop that. So what has each party brought to the table so far? At this election, it's the coalition talking up long-term infrastructure projects and economic reform, while Labor is pitching itself as the pragmatic and fiscally responsible option. Let's talk the big issues. Housing. 
The coalition has promised extra protections for renters and to give first home buyers the option to pay a yearly land tax instead of stamp duty. Labor says they'll scrap stamp duty entirely on homes up to a certain amount. On cost of living, the coalition wants to bring in a future fund that kids can spend on housing or education when they grow up. Labor will abolish the 3% public sector wage cap. Both parties want to reduce the cost of tolls. Both parties have also committed to help the koalas. And regarding gambling, all pokies would be cashless by 2028 under the coalition. Labor's committed to a trial of cashless gaming on 500 of the state's 90,000 machines. So there you have it. For those of us outside of New South Wales, we can just sit back and tune in for the campaigning on TikTok. Uh, my wife said to me the other day that it feels like it's a, it's a, it's a competition between Beauty and the Geek. <laughs> Am I the Geek? No. <laughs> You're not the Geek. Hack on Triple J. Angel Parsons there doing a great job breaking down the big issues in the New South Wales election. Hey, it's time we did get into a bit more detail now. We did ask Premier Dominic Perrottet to come on hack. He wasn't available, but we've got one of his crew with us, the New South Wales Treasurer. Matt Keane, welcome to Hack. Dave, thanks for having me. Look, let's paint a picture. Let's say you're a young person in New South Wales, maybe you're a student. If you can find a place to rent you're struggling to pay skyrocketing prices, like you're short for food. You might even be hitting up charities to get by. This is a nightmare situation for so many young people in New South Wales. Why should this young person give your side a fourth term in government? Dave, we know it's tough out there. 10 consecutive interest rate rises abiding, whether you're a homeowner or a landlord. And we know it's filtering through to renters. So we've banned rent bidding so tenants aren't locked into stressful bidding wars. And we're putting measures in place to provide greater protections for tenants. Uh, things like banning no-fault evictions and moving towards a reasonable grounds model. We're extending notice periods for end-of-fixed-term leases from 30 to 45 days, allowing tenants more time to find a new home. And we're introducing a new optional standard lease agreement with three- and five-year terms to improve the uptake of long-term leases. I know, but the Coalition's had 12 years in New South Wales, right? Do you understand why disillusioned, struggling young people might want to try their luck with someone else? Well, the best way uh, for uh, us to put downward pressure on rents uh, is to increase housing supply. Uh, the way we're doing that is investing $500 million towards unlocking and accelerating the delivery of hundreds of thousands of new homes across the state. But Matt Keane, I guess as the treasurer, treasurer, you would understand that immediate relief for people is needed right now. Like they're not going to wait years for all these homes to come online, which may or may not happen. Like what are they going to do now? Because neither your government or Labor has specifically committed to getting rent prices under control. Why is that? Well, what we've said is that we're focusing on increasing supply over the medium to longer term. But what uh, about the shorter term? Well, over the shorter term, we're doing a number of things to help people with cost of living pressures. So we've got $7.2 billion worth of cost of living measures to help people get through these challenging times. We're helping drivers with toll relief up to $750 a year back in their bank accounts. Uh, for your listeners who are sole traders, they can get up to $1,500 a year off their tolls. We'll slash the Opal cap from $50 to $40 for adults and $25 to $20 for concession holders. That means no matter how much you use trains, buses, ferries, 
Sydney's Metro or Light Rail, you'll pay no more than $40 for adults and $20 for students in a week. Okay. And that'll make a big difference to people. Um, so well, you can it, only do that. Look, it may make some difference for people. Of course, anything helps. But for a lot of people it's not going to help them in the ways they need. Like, it sounds like you can't actually promise those people who can't afford to pay their rent right now that things are actually going to get better under a re-elected Perite government. Well, I think that's not correct. What you'll get under a re-elected Perite government is strong economic management. And from that, you're, we're able to provide the support people need to get through these challenging times. Right. Just take our energy bill relief package, which sees every household will get $250 off their energy bills. We know that's needed right now. But don't you reckon that renting should be treated as an essential service like energy, like you just mentioned, something like energy or water. So when we're in a crisis, like right now, the government steps in and is able to provide immediate relief like you are for energy. Well, we're providing immediate relief in a range of areas that affect people's household bills. Uh, and that means that they're better able to pay for uh, other things that they might want. So we, we recognise the challenges people are facing at the moment. Uh, we're providing real cost of living relief and that can only be done by having a strong budget and a strong economy and that will all be at risk if Chris Minns and Labor are elected. All right, Matt Keane, there's been a 30% drop in the number of young people choosing to study to be a teacher. Teachers are telling us they're underpaid, they're burnt out. What's your government's plan to fix this? Well, the government's plan is to ensure that uh, we continue investing record dollars into our education system. What about their workloads? Built, what, sorry, supporting our teachers, ensuring that we've got the best infrastructure to educate our kids in and rolling out more places for children when it comes to things like preschool uh, and childcare. This is what the government is able to do. What about their workloads though? Because that's what they're saying. They need a pay rise, but they're also telling us even with any pay rise, the workloads are just unmanageable. They can't do it anymore. We continue to work with the education department to ensure that uh, the teaching loads and the curriculum is fit for purpose. We're working through those issues to ensure that not only our teachers are able to manage their loads, but our students get the best education outcomes. And that's what you'll get with a re-elected coalition government. What about nurses? Because we saw some research from the Nurses and Midwives Association, which found almost 60% of nurses and midwives are planning to leave in the next five years. They want nurse-to-patient ratio other jurisdictions, the ACT, Queensland, Victoria, they do it. Why not listen to our healthcare workers and implement it here? Well, of course, we listen to our healthcare workers and we've got, uh, we uh, have enormous respect for those on the front line serving it in our health system. They do incredible work. That's why we've uh, listened and we're responding with an investment uh, of billions of dollars to increase the health workforce by over 10,000 new workers. Uh, that's something that we've been able to deliver because of our strong economic and financial management. Matt Keane, early on in this election campaign, your leader, the Premier, revealed that he wore a Nazi uniform at his 21st. He apologised. He said that he's ashamed. But I want to know, after everything we've seen across Australia over the past week, would your government follow Victoria's moves to ban the Nazi salute? Well, the Premier has been very clear that there is no place for intolerance uh, in this state uh, or anywhere and I certainly share that view. Um, I've been very outspoken on the need to be inclusive and uh, respectful and to stamp out intolerance, hatred and bigotry across our community and I'll always be a strong voice for those things. Would you ban the salute? Uh, I'll always stand up against intolerance and bigotry and intolerance and that's what that represents and I'm firmly against it. And that's a commitment there? 
that's a commitment that I will always stand up against that vile bigotry and that that symbol which uh, represents those things. All right, we appreciate you making the time to speak with us. New South Wales Treasurer Matt Keane, thanks for coming on Hack. Thanks, Dave. Okay, you heard from the Liberals. Uh, time to hear from the opposition now. Labor leader Chris Minns wasn't available to speak to Hack, so we've got Penny Sharp, who's Labor's leader in the Upper House in New South Wales. Hey, Penny Sharp, welcome to Hack. Hi, Dave. How are you going? Well, thank you. Look, more than 50% of voters in New South Wales are under the age of 40, most of those obviously being Gen Z and Millennials. They're on track to become the first generations worse off financially than their parents. How can Labor guarantee young people specifically that their lives are going to get easier under your government? We've got a range of things and I accept that there are things that are very tough, particularly for a lot of young people at the moment. We've got some very key measures, things like you know energy rebates, caps on tolls and those kind of issues. But one of the two big things that we're really focusing on is housing affordability and fairer dealer for rent for renters. I mean, speaking to some economists, they've said there's actually not too much real difference when it comes to your housing policies and the government's housing policies for young people. You're both subsidising first home buyers to some extent, but basically no immediate support for renters, which is, you know, the vast majority of our audience, two million people in New South Wales. No specific plans to bring rents under control. Chris Minns has said he thinks housing is the biggest issue affecting young people, so why not do more? Well, we are doing a lot. We're going to ban secret bidding. We're going to stop no grounds evictions. We're looking at port. We're going to do portable bonds. We're going to make it easier for pets. But the, our bigger plan is really about affordable and social housing on public land, particularly throughout Sydney, but also in other places. Our whole plan is a target on that public land to put 30% affordable and social housing into those areas so that we've got places for people to live where they can afford close to where they work. I've put this to the government as well. There's no short-term rent relief in sight. Like, I'm not saying these policies in terms of pets, in terms of portable bond schemes aren't important, but people can't even find an affordable home, like to have a pet in. Yeah, one of the other things we're going to be doing is, is putting in place a rental commissioner that's going to look at what else we can do. This is not a simple issue that you can't... People... Um, own houses that they rent out. The government doesn't have full control over what they do with those houses. They're privately owned. But we do have control over what we're doing in the planning space. We have a lot of control over what we're doing in all of those other areas around building and getting more social and affordable housing. One of the biggest failures is, is where there's been housing growth. There's no targets under the current government and we've gone backwards. Penny Sharp, what's going on with gambling? Like, why won't Labor commit to cashless gaming like the government? We covered this recently on Hack and we know gambling's a huge problem in Australia, but in New South Wales, off the charts and for young people especially, isn't it time to make policy that's about helping people rather than propping up industries? Look, one of the best things that's happened in this election campaign is that there's actually a, finally a proper discussion about problem gambling. Um, Labor's got a package that is very strong, that is about a trial that is overseen but with by an independent committee. The idea of that, that is that we will get it right. But experts, say, but experts say that won't work. They've said this trial is not going to work because people will just go to venues that are not included in the trial. We've had carded play implemented in Victoria. People don't use it. Isn't this just wasting time? We're going to do this trial. No one's going to be using those machines and it's more time that people are struggling who have a problem. 
the issue here is that you've got to get it right with the technology. There's different technologies that could be used. The government's saying they're going to have to have a testing time where they work it out, and they're not looking at rolling out to till 2028. Ours is a very limited trial for 12 months to get all of the kinks out of that and then to get the recommendations in place with a range of other measures. We're serious about problem gambling reform. It's not the same as the government's, but I wouldn't say for a minute that it's less challenging or less committed in terms of dealing with problem gambling. All right. Do you think enough people in New South Wales know who Chris Minns is, young people especially? Because we just heard before from some people who were interviewed, some young first-time voters, and they didn't recognise him. I think it's always a tough job for opposition leaders to get known. I think we had the same sort of discussion before Anthony Albanese went into the, went into the federal election last year. It's tough. Um, we've been out working really hard. Chris has been out meeting as many people as he can. I think people are starting to know him. But, yeah, it's a, I'm not going to argue with you. It's a tough gig for opposition leaders. But I think Chris has got out there and I think and hopefully on Saturday people will feel that they can uh, trust him and put their vote and give their vote to Labor. All right, Penny Sharp, Labor leader in the New South Wales Upper House. Thanks for making the time to come on Hack. Thanks for having me, Dave. We've got a few messages coming through, quite a few actually, people in New South Wales who've got some big opinions. Someone says, given neither major party leader came on Hack, I'm going to vote Green or Independent. Okay, that's a person there. Dave from Lake Macquarie says, when a home costs a million dollars, 500 homes is not going to fix much. And someone else, teacher pay is terrible for the workload. Why would anyone want to become a teacher? Hey, look, there you go. Big issues. Big election. How do we feel? Time for some big emotion. Hack. And I just thought, who the hell is this person? And it made me reflect a lot. On Triple J. You know the scene, your big birthday, your 18th, your 21st, maybe it's your 30th. Room is full of all your favourites. You're having the best night. Time for the speeches. Your oldest mate gets up for what you expect to be a bit of a dig, but also really nice stuff too. You've known each other for ages. But what unfolds, you do not expect. Your friend starts to read an old letter you wrote as a kid. It's filled with horrible stuff that you said that you regret. Really bad stuff. And things go downhill quickly. You feel like you're being cancelled in front of everyone you love. This happened to Alice Matthews at her 30th. You know Alice, former Triple J newsreader, good friend of mine. And she's made a whole podcast about it. It's on the ABC's Days Like These podcast and it's out now. Let's find out more. Alice Matthews, welcome back to Hack. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to be here. Look, this one feels like a bit of a strange um, story for us to cover because it's basically you've pieced together this party and I was at the party. So I feel yeah. like I feel like I'm telling the story of just some party I went to a couple of years ago. But the thing is, it was pretty dramatic and a lot of stuff happened. As we just heard, it was a tense environment. Your friend had got up to make a speech and said something you weren't expecting. What did they say? Oh, I wish I didn't have to answer this question, but I will. My friend submitted a video basically because she couldn't be there. And in that video, she read out some of our childhood letters. So basically, we had a really close friendship where we would write to each other really frequently because we went to primary school together, then went to separate high schools and just started writing to each other. We would say anything to each other. And long story short, her 21st came around and I read a few of those letters out, um, teenage angsty, cringy letters, and then she thought she would do the same. 
but she kind of didn't read letters in the same thread as me. She read out some incredibly offensive and inappropriate things that I said. Um, One of them was joking about eating disorders, referring to myself as a string of black American names because I was um, the brown person in my group and for some reason as a 12, 13, 14-year-old I thought it would be funny. Another was using the word gay in a really derogatory way. Well, let's have a little listen to some of that now. Liam is so gay, lol. Don't you reckon? So gay. Ew. Look, I'm sure, Alice, I mean, it's nothing that you're proud of, obviously, and Mm -hmm. you've changed a lot as a person now. I know that. It's probably something that a lot of people would go, right, there's stuff that I said as a kid or a teenager that I don't agree with now. I'd never expect that to surface. You didn't expect that to surface after you'd Mm -hmm. changed so much and your views had changed. I was there, so I was at this party, right? Yeah, and you were in the podcast as well. The thing that I remember is when it happened, it was a very tense environment. Everyone seemed to be a bit startled by what had happened and was a bit tense. Absolutely, because they would have just been shocked to hear me speak like that. I was shocked to hear me speak like that. And as much as I'd like to think that I was a really great person for my whole life, I, I wasn't. Like, I was an asshole. Really, that's a cup, and I repeat that a few times in the podcast <laughs> because I really was faced with confronting this person that felt like a total stranger to me and that I was so embarrassed for, and that I was so like, I couldn't imagine 14, 15 year olds ever speaking like that today. And I just thought, who the hell is this person? And it made me reflect a lot on the way I spoke back then, the values that I had, how I came to have them. But later on, how much they changed as well. Well, listen, the podcast is not about how Alice Matthews once used the word gay in a derogatory (laughs) manner. The podcast is about how your friend used this in a speech, this childhood letter, and thought she was being really funny, um, probably had really good intentions, but how it backfired. Mm. Big time. Big time. You're listening to it play out. After it's done, what happens? You're you know, startled, obviously. You're so surprised. What Damage control is what happens, Dave. I started, yeah, I I started my 30th speech with an apology. I spent a lot of the night trying to pacify people, I suppose, placate people, even though I was probably the one that was not calm. I was sort of like, how bad was that? Well, I'm not like that anymore. Is this okay? I'm really sorry you know, just constantly sort of apologising and getting really strong cocktails at the bar, Dave. You're listening to Hack. I'm Dave Marchese. I'm speaking with probably a familiar voice, triple <laughs> former Triple J newsreader Alice Matthews, who's done this podcast about how a very beautiful moment in a milestone birthday turned into a nightmare situation when one of her friends got up and gave a speech and included some really awful stuff in there that she wasn't expecting. Alice, you didn't speak to your friend, Tessa, about what had happened at that party, really, for years. No, I didn't. And I I went through the motions of being like, 
can't I take a joke? Am I being too sensitive? Should I just forget about this? We sort of, yeah, we, we sort of had a conversation. Um, and she, and I told her like it, it went down like a lead balloon and she was very apologetic and I, of course, accepted that because... But it kind of stuck there, right? Like, did yeah, you did like you keep just... in contact? Were you in regular communication? Did you feel like your friendship had been affected? Absolutely. It had been affected. It really had. It was just, I don't know, I felt like we had shared so many vulnerabilities together and, and it was like a breach of trust that that, that, that had happened. So while I we had both sort of in a way, come to terms with it. She knew that she'd messed up. I knew that she knew that. We went on, we stayed friends, we saw each other occasionally, but it was just like this new kind of guard was up that hadn't been after, you know, sort of nearly two decades of friendship or 18 years. You've made this podcast. As a part of that, you go and speak to Tessa, the friend, and confront her about these things really and get her view on things how was that process? Therapeutic, to be honest. Um, I think she was really feeling those walls as well um, and she knew that something wasn't quite right and I think she wanted to process it in her own right as well. And props to her, I don't think there are many people that would do something like that and then fully be accountable and say, yes, I will come and do a public podcast about this and it's just the most vulnerable thing I think we've both done. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, just being honest. That's fair enough. It was a train wreck. (laughs) Alice, how's the situation with you and Tessa now? Oh, should I answer this or should I let you listen to the podcast? (laughs) If you're a good journalist, you'll tease it a little bit, you know? (laughs) Let's just say I am very grateful that we went through the process of airing out everything that happened. Alice Matthews, thank you so much for being so brave to share that. Thank you for having me and thank you just for being there as a friend as well. Hack on Triple J. Alice Matthews there. You can find it on the ABC's Days Like These podcast. It's available now on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'll be back for the shake-up. Bye-bye. Hack. Hack.